Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello, and welcome to the Neil Before Pod interview segment. I'm your host, Craig, and I've recently had the pleasure of talking to actor Don McLeod, star of Doomsday Mom, the Laurie Vallow story. We talk about being lucky to be alive, learning how to do stunts, and transitioning from music to acting. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm delighted to be joined on Neil Before Pod with Don McLeod. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The weather is taking a turn for the better in Scotland, which is nice for a few days at the very least. Rock on. What part of Scotland are you in? I live in Edinburgh. Oh, I love Edinburgh. Have you been? I have, yeah. Long time ago, sadly. But yeah, climbed that little table mountain thing. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be done. You see the whole city. you got to do it. You got to be like the Lion King and look over the land. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, everything the light touches is... Something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something, something, that's for sure. <laughs> beautiful, actually, beautiful country. Where is it you are right now? I am in Vancouver, Canada. Cool. Yeah, the West Coast. And the weather there, changeable? or It's beautiful right now. Clear blue skies, super warm, shorts and tank top, weather flip-flops, go to the beach, get burnt, go home and cry about it. The perfect weather to be stuck inside doing an interview, for sure. <laughs> that's okay, I love it. It's good times. <laughs> so let's just start with a bit of your background. You're an accomplished musician, and that's what you started with, according to the bio I was sent. So how did you yeah. get started in that field? In music. That's a funny, I shouldn't say funny, because it's not, but it was fascinating. My dream was to be a professional athlete, to be totally honest. It was zero desire to be a musician. It was just before my 19th birthday, and I got in a car accident where I was left for dead, had to relearn how to walk, and had slipped into a coma, brain injury, all that fun stuff. Yikes. Yeah, fun stuff. And then my little brother started teaching himself how to play guitar because I used to do sports with him, track and field, martial arts, all that kind of stuff. I made fun of him is the truth. It's like, oh, musicians, you're wasting your time. There's no money in it. There's no career, blah, blah, blah. It's silly. And then one day he came home and he taught himself how to play Brown Eyed Girl. And I was just like, I love that song. And he sings it really well. (laughs) I was like, oh no, I have to swallow my pride. (laughs) So long story made short, I started teaching myself how to play while I was relearning how to walk because I was stuck on mom's couch, couldn't move really. So learned how to play. Then just thought that the natural progression was, well, if you have songs, you record them, right? And then I had to figure that out, bought gear, learned how to use it and grew and grew. Ended up going in a songwriting contest, a local one, winning, winning a couple more. And then it just kind of grew from there. And then it went to a 29 year (laughs) crazy, well, not 29 years, I guess. It it went into a very long, (laughs) two, at least 20 years of doing music almost full time. And in that time, you've done a lot of composing for film and TV and things. Yeah, I mean, I was a lead singer for a rock band first, then I went country, then I went pop, then I went country again. Oh, no, then I went pop, then I went rock again, then I went country. I just confused. It happens. <laughs> just dip your toe in everything. Why not? Well, that was my problem. I like all kinds of music. So I was like, well, why can't I write that? I want to write that. <laughs> and I see you're working on a country album at the moment. I am. Yeah, it might even be done tonight. I don't know. I'm nice. Here. Yeah, it's in yeah. Maastricht phase right now which usually only takes a couple days that takes care of my next question of how's that coming (laughs) that's coming so well i'm so blessed to work with the people i'm working with right now it's crazy yeah sean neff and jim riley just amazing guys and among the credits you have for 
like musical credits, it's things like the Highlander TV show and and yeah, that was a highlight. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) My last name's McLeod, (laughs) so I was like, yeah, I'm on the Highlander TV show. Was that your pitch? It's just let me have the song because I'm. No, what was really cool is they approached me. I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, I want to be on your show. Of course, I want to be. Well, (laughs) not me as an actor, but my song. I was like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I love Highlander. <laughs> About my family. What? Yeah. So what's the process around getting your music featured in productions like that, where it's film or TV? That is such a good question because it changes. The Highlander thing, I had a song on the radio at the time and I guess someone in production heard it and they really liked it. They didn't know how to get a hold of me because I was so new. I didn't even know what I was doing. I don't even know how I got on the radio, to be totally honest. Well, I do know, but it was not any intelligence on my part. And they got a hold of a friend of mine who asked if I wanted to be on the show. I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Of course I do. And then I was on another show because now that friend of mine started pushing my stuff to other people. And then I had a song on the TV show Heartland because me and one of the main characters on the show, it's a long story. I'm trying to make it as short as I can. I didn't know what the show was about. I had no idea. So he started describing it to me and I started writing down what he was saying because he was so beautiful the way he was saying it. So descriptive. And I was like, man, these are great song lyrics. So we ended up writing a song about the show. And then months later, I recorded it with me singing. And then months later, he, he calls me up while he's on set saying, dude, the song we wrote is on the radio in the car that I'm driving during the scene. I'm like, cool. <laughs> so that's how that one got in there. And then I had one on So You Think You Can Dance. And I don't even know how that one got on there. There was a song I co-wrote and I didn't sing that one. An artist did that I was working with at the time. She's beautiful voice, Allie Milner. And I think someone just heard it on one of the streaming platforms or whatever. You know what? I'm not the right guy to ask, I don't think. I mean, there are people that actually do that for a living. They play songs in TV and films, soundtracks, but mine have all been by accident. <laughs> so It's just a good little happy accident that gets picked up yeah. and suddenly it's yeah. everyone hears it in the background yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's great stuff. And you then did that transition to acting. So what prompted that decision to get in front of the camera as an actor instead of as a musician? I know you do both, but what prompted that decision to give that a go? That's a good question also. So I was doing music full-time and the guy that plays the character in Heartland, him and I met because I was asked to put on a songwriting contest for the city when the Olympics came to Vancouver in 2010, the Winter Olympics. And then we became instant friends. And then he started talking about the show. So I wrote the song with him about the show. Then he invited me to set. So I was hanging out on set and they asked me if I wanted to be an extra. I didn't even know what that meant. (laughs) (laughs) Long story short, I ended up doing that just through Graham, to be honest. Graham Wardle is the guy on the Heartland show. And he just encouraged me. He's like, man, you should try it. He challenged me, actually. He's like, what are you afraid? (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm not afraid. (laughs) But just his encouragement and just hanging out on set with him, it was just looked really fun. So that's basically how that happened. That <laughs> fell into that. Did you find it an easy enough transition? Did you find it easy to settle into? I imagine it's a different challenge, but did you find it challenging? Oh, yes, I definitely did. And that's what attracted me to it. I really do love to be challenged. So when I'm thrown into a situation like being on set, I love trying to figure it out. The first time I was, or this, I guess it's technically the second time I was on Heartland, it was a non-speaking, very, very tiny, 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 tiny part. I'd be 
shocked if you even saw me in it. I don't even think they give me credit for it. But we did this take. I walk around the bar and sit down and they go over my shoulder. And then they go, okay, cut back to ones. For me, being in the music world, the first thing that pops in my head is, and I'll start back at one, one, you let, the Brian McKnight song. And everybody's looking at me like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> they're like, go back to one. What the heck is go back to ones? What are you talking about? And they're like, go back to the first mark. I'm like, oh, why didn't you say that? So I love learning the language and all that. But once you get all that and you realize as an actor, for sure, in the beginning, part of the challenge was thinking, oh man, I can't screw this up. And I want to make sure everything's perfect. I want everybody to like what I'm doing. But at the same time, once you settle in, that's not the case. Everybody just wants to create something fun with you. That's been my experience anyway. <laughs> Some people may have different experiences, but for me, it's been like, everybody just wants to have fun and they really want you to do great. And you want them to do great. So from my experience, in a good onset situation, it's they're trying to help you and you're trying to help them. So if lighting is setting something up, I'll often ask, do you want me to move this way, this way? What are you looking for? And the DOP or the camera operator, I'm like, okay, where are you going? What's your final? Where are we going? We have this conversation on how can we make this the best thing it can be. And I love that. I love that collaborative creation process. It's really fun. What are some of your most notable experiences on different sets? You've been on a few. Looking at your IMDb page, you've done quite a lot of guest appearances and things. So what were some of your highlights from being on various sets? Oh, man, highlights. There was one that you probably won't find on my IMDb. Oh, you might. It was an independent project. And this is so random because I always end up, I mean, you've seen my photos, I'm assuming. <laughs> I always play the bad guy or the tough guy or the cop or whatever. But this one, I got to play a clown. So you never actually saw me. I was always wearing a clown outfit. And the story was about this poor guy that couldn't get a job and his girlfriend was going to leave him if he didn't get a job. So he applied to be a clown. But my character, who's the known clown in town, he got the job first, basically, is what happened. So the other guy set out to kill me. And he does. <laughs> but he runs me over, <laughs> which was so fun because it was a run and gun film. We're shooting on the street. There was something happened with the stunt guy and he couldn't show up. I'm like, what are you talking about? I want to do my own stunt. I want to get hit by the car. And they're like, what? Are you out of your mind? I'm like, no, no, no. Let me do it. So I got to get hit by a car, which was so fun. <laughs> All the people on the street were like, what just happened? That guy just ran over this clown. And then he drags me and he puts me in the trunk and drives off. It was just a run and gun gorilla shoot for an independent thing. It was hilarious to do. So that was definitely a highlight. I just finished a film called Doomsday Mom, the Lori Vallow Project that airs, I think it's Saturday, June 26th on Lifetime. Don't worry, we'll definitely get to that. <laughs> That one was really cool. The cast and the crew were amazing on that project. And to be able to play a real person, I really enjoyed that challenge. That was a lot of fun. Sad story. A lot of fun. We will definitely get to that. So you're a bit about getting run over by a car. I did see that you have done extensive stunt training. Was that the spark that started that interest in doing that training? I've always been fascinated with stunt People, even as a kid, even though I, I didn't grow up with the dream of being this movie star, I just did. I was all about athletics and martial arts and stuff like that. But yeah, I always thought stunt guys, how cool is that? You get to throw yourself off a building. 
and you get paid for it. <laughs> like, that sounds so fun to me. So I think it's just the physicality of stunting. And I like fighting the martial arts. I like the choreography. I like the dance of it all. And I think just always the challenge again, because I've trained a lot in martial arts. I've done Jeet Kune Do, Krav Maga, man, I don't even know, Aikido, Kung Fu, Cali, a whole bunch, stick fighting, sword fighting, knife fighting, boxing. I just like the physicality. And even as an actor, I like being physical. I like to get behind stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. I just try to listen to myself. I'm like, man, you sound ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and it must be good to not necessarily have to just walk off and let someone else step in and do all that for you when you're filming stuff. Because yeah, it helps you tell the story, right? I want to tell the story. I don't, don't want to take jobs from anybody because real stunt performers, man. They are so talented. Even I'm looking at some things like a buddy of mine was Chris Evans stunt double for Captain America Civil War. He's the one that jumped off that building. I'm like, nope, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'll throw a punch. <laughs> Let's do that. I don't want to jump off a building. Thanks. <laughs> Not that high anyway. I'll just fight. It's cool. Yeah, I'll just fight. And yeah, and I've trained with special forces and all sorts of stuff because... I don't know. It's the parts I tend to play. I want to respect those characters, people that are actually in special forces or actually military or actually a cop or whoever I'm playing. I want to honor that profession. A friend of mine who's special forces, who's been training me on and off since 2013, his big thing was how actors hold a gun and they're claiming to be a special forces operator. They would never hold the gun that way. Some people just haven't been trained. Some people forget whatever it is, but he's like, I'm going to drill it into your brain. You are not going to do it wrong. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so I've been blessed with that. It's just fun. Yeah. I think it's important to honor the character you're playing. Funny that you say that because I did speak to your partner, Jesse Hutch, a couple of oh, weeks ago. Yeah, nice. And he said almost the same thing, almost word for word about, oh, really? about honoring that. He was great to talk to and you're working on a project together that he mentioned it at the time but what's your take on that project and how did that partnership start oh man me and jesse yeah once we became friends we just kind of like-minded i guess we love to create we both can't sit still i think it started when we were just sitting around he wasn't on a show i wasn't on a show and we're like well what do you want to do i want to keep our chops up but i don't want to just do pick a scene and acted out. I mean, that's nice. And there's a place for that, but we were like, nah, that's not what we want to do. We want to create something, so, but we don't want to depend on other people and, and money and time. We're like, what can we do that's cheap or free with just the two of us? So we came up with this ridiculous idea of a stakeout. So we literally put our phone, iPhone on the dashboard of a car. We never left the car, but we had to write it in such a way that kept it interesting for the viewer with just looking at us. <laughs> so we just got ridiculous in that. Totally silly. And then that grew because people started watching it and friends of ours were like, that's hilarious. I want to be in one. And so we're like, okay, so you can be in the back seat and you can just pop up. That'll be funny. And then other people were like, well, we'll donate our cameras and our booms and our crew. And we're like, what is happening? This was just supposed to be small. And then, yeah, that grew. And then we're like, you know what? This is actually a, a fun show. We should expand. So we ended up writing a whole first season TV series. It's called Fox and Hunter. We filmed a, an insane, by the love and donations of everybody around us, we filmed a proof of concept for the show. It's about 12 minutes of footage, just so you can get to know the characters and a little bit of the storyline, the background. And we spent a little bit of money, but the 
total production value was almost half a million dollars at the end of the day with all the in-kind donations. We blew up a van. We had gunfights. We had car chases, parkour chases. Like it was insane, but it was fun. It was really fun. Right now we're pitching that with, I think it's 25 other projects that Jesse and I have created or co-created. And it's kind of flying around. We're looking for the right people, the right teams. And I don't know, God's plan. We'll just put it out there and see what happens. At least one of them has to stick, right? <laughs> yeah, or not. We've got everything from animated cartoons, kids, everything but foreign, <laughs> clearly. Unless we go to China, I guess then it would be foreign. <laughs> we could do that. He was really great to talk to. And it's really cool to complete the set by speaking to you as well. So. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know you talked. That's fun. Yeah, he's a great guy. Very talented. So you've done a lot of genre TV stuff like Tomorrow People, Arrow, Frequency. Do you have a preference of projects you like to get involved in or is it just have a go at everything? Yeah, that's a good question. I'll just say my ultimate dream would be to play the lead in an action movie. That would be so awesome for something sort of funny, but anything like Jason Statham or Bruce Willis. is. I love those kind of, I know sometimes they're silly, but I don't know. I just, I like that. Or, I mean, clearly I would never play James Bond, but Something like that. It's got story. It's got heart. I don't know. Just like that whole thing. But at the same time, I love a challenge. I love for someone to go, you know what? Actually, we want you to play the love interest, which I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever done. (laughs) It's just not my look. People don't look at me and go, yeah, he'll be the handsome love interest. More like he'll be the Russian mobster and he'll go kill everybody. That's the look I tend to have for some reason. (laughs) Fair enough. The sort of genre stuff stands out because that's the type of stuff the website covers. So Tomorrow People, that was a show I loved back in the day and it's a shame it didn't go further. So what was it like working on that? I mean, I know it was a while ago now and it's a show that's almost been forgotten in a way, but I thought it was a good concept, good cast, good everything. So what was it like being among that? It was fantastic, actually. And the director I worked with, Rob, he was so good, so fast. I think that show might have been a little before its time. Because it was almost a superhero type of show. Yeah. And I think the superhero phenomenon happened after that show. I think it started maybe a little bit at the same time, but it really got the push. I don't know. I really don't know what happened to that show. I never got the background on that one, but the cast and crew on that, they were great. It was really fun. People, Everybody was nice. I think it was 2012 when I was on that. It was a long time ago, but it was fun. I remember that. I remember it being a good show and... There was talk about my character expanding, but they never got to it. I think they got canceled shortly after that. Yeah, unfortunately, it barely made it out of its first season. Yeah, was it just one season? Again? Yeah, like 18 episodes, something like that. It wasn't oh, no. many. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. I I'd only just started the website at the time, so it was one of the first shows I was ever reviewing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I go back to it. I rewatch it because it doesn't take long. I go back to it every now and again and, and watch through it because, yeah, it's good fun for what it was. It was fun. And on Arrow, you were in a notable episode. It was the first live action Suicide Squad. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was good. Man, those guys were all good too. I became really good friends with Lee Majub. Now he's killing it. He did, what is that? Dirk's Bentley, the detective TV show. He he was on that season too. He was Jim Carrey's right-hand man in Sonic. I think they're filming part two right now. Man, he's such a good actor, Lee. Dave was fantastic. What's his character's name? Diggle. He was a super nice guy to work with too. Yeah, they were all really good. And that was a long time ago, too. Was <laughs> <laughs> to ask about them because I love those shows. So yeah, yeah, ask yeah. away. So 
Talk about the Doomsday Mom, the Laurie Vallow story. So you did talk about about playing a real person. I read into a bit of the story. It seems very, very complicated. So I didn't yeah. read extensively into it, but it seems like it was a pretty messy situation. So when it came to preparing to be this real person, what kind of work went into preparing that? Did you do a lot of research? And what is it like putting your own stamp on a real person? Man, that's a good question. I did a little bit of research for the audition because I was like, oh, this guy's real. That's fun. It was the first real person I ever played. So I did a little bit of research online. I didn't want to be talking like this if he talked like this. I wanted to really do him justice. So I sent in my audition. And then once they said they wanted me, I literally spent a full day researching everything about how he walks, how he talks, how does he hold his hands? How does he smile? How does he get whatever I could find? I literally, I literally, it was eight hours nonstop watching online footage and just falling down that rabbit hole. But it's a sad story. And the biggest thing I took away from it is that that guy had a big heart and he really loved his wife. The way it ends for him is just, it's heartbreaking. So playing him, I really wanted to do him justice. And I hope anyone that knew him that sees this can feel that I did a good job. That's the audience I'm hoping to. I mean, it's like any character. You really want to do them justice, right? You don't want to assault somebody in a profession when you're playing that profession, but now it's a real person. And it's possible that someone that knew him is going to watch this show. And I really want them to walk away going, yeah, that guy looks like he got him. And that would be important to me. Hopefully that will be the takeaway. Was there liberties taken with the story? Was there anything changed about it? And was it difficult to divorce your understanding of how the story played out with this scripted version of it? When, when I read the script, I think they followed it pretty well. That being said, my study was mostly about Charles. It wasn't about the full story. I mean, of course, I got the full story to a degree, but for me, it was all about Charles. And I have not seen the final cut of the movie yet. So I can't say one way or another how they went with it. But I will say that the, the cast and the crew and the director were phenomenal. <laughs> Lauren, who plays Laurie, man, <laughs> that was a hard character to play. I mean, it would have been for me. She made it look super easy. I'm like, what is happening? How are you? You're crazy. <laughs> well, she's not crazy, but you know what I mean? The character was all over the map and she such a good job playing her was this a project that was filmed with covid restrictions it was <laughs> yes it was and i'll be honest i was actually hesitant to work because of the restrictions not that i was afraid of getting sick it was more that i'm like man how do you work with all these barriers and hand sanitizer and still be emoting and trying to get in the zone. And, but I will say that this cast and crew and the director and the COVID captain is what they called him. The guy that ran the whole COVID team, they were absolutely amazing. And the COVID guy went out of his way to make it as seamless as possible. It must've been quite an adjustment. All the recent interviews I've done have asked about that kind of adapting to the COVID situation and working and you know everybody says the same thing about we're just glad to be working we're happy to do whatever it takes to make sure that we work safely and 
imagine that's your experience as well. Just everybody just being as careful as possible on set and things. I don't know. I think for me, it was, well, I'll tell you, one of my days I had a kissing scene. So some of it was like, why am I wearing a face shield between takes if I'm kissing her? (laughs) It feels a little weird. So we do the scene, I kiss her, we pull her back and they go cut and then they put on face shields and they spray everything down. And then we do the thing again. I'm like, I don't understand any of this, but if it makes other people feel better about the situation, that's cool. For me, when I go on set, I'm like anybody, I have my opinions, but when I'm on set, my goal is to love everybody the best way I know how. And I tend to be a bit of a prankster. So (laughs) sometimes that happens, but yeah, it's just, how can I make everybody feel happy about being here? That was my focus while I was on set. And now you said about pranks. So what are some of your biggest pranks or some of your favorite pranks that you've played on anybody? I just like to be silly more than anything. One of the things I tend to do, oh yeah, this is audio. So no one will ever understand this, but I'll describe it as best I can. Have you seen Talladega Nights? Yes. You know, when the magic man comes out and he's really bad at interviewing (laughs) and he does that thing where he raises his hands and he goes, I don't know what to do with my hands. The car, car handled real well. Um, Yeah. Uh, And he just raises his hands in front of his face. I like to do that on set sometimes. All right, and action. If someone flubs a line or something, I just put my hands up and just like, I I don't know what to do with my hands. Do I put them here? Is this okay? I like doing stuff like that. Or me me and the guy that played, well, I can't give away too much story plot line, but me and one of the other actors on the, the Doomsday Mom, we were definitely having fun during one of the most serious scenes with us. If you could see behind the scenes footage after the movie comes out, you'll be like, what on earth are you guys doing? But I can't say it because I'll give away everything and I don't want to do that. So I'll shut up. Probably best to play it safe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I suppose it's creating a bit of a fun environment just to take the edge off. Yeah, it's already stressful enough. And with COVID, yeah, it's like, let's just have fun. Yeah, for sure. So what's next for you that you can talk about, of course? I won't ask you to say something you're not allowed to talk about. Well, I've got a couple auditions in. Who knows? Maybe I'll hear something back. Maybe I won't. That's our world. I got an album coming out. Me and Jesse Hutch are pitching our 25, 26 film projects that we've written and or co-created. There's always something. Who knows? (laughs) I try to live pretty open-handedly. You're running around stressing about the next thing. All you're doing is stressing. I'm just not into that. Whatever comes, do my best. Live open-handedly. Hopefully I get it. If I don't, then I wasn't supposed to. And That's cool. That's a very healthy and positive attitude. I try. There are definitely projects that come across my way that I'm like, oh, I really want that part. Please. <laughs> There's a show that I've, I've called my agent and I'm like, please get me on this show. <laughs> what show is that? Can you say? Oh, that I can't say. No, <laughs> I can't say that one for sure. But I would love to be on this show. But who knows? You put your foot out and hopefully it doesn't get cut off. <laughs> is there any ongoing shows that you definitely do want to appear on other than this one that you can't talk about just ones that you watch maybe and think oh i'd love to do something here there's a couple shows i mean i don't know if they're still running it but carbon fiber altered carbon that's what's carbon fiber <laughs> you know what i'm talking about altered <laughs> carbon looked like a really fun show to be on just anything action action with a bit of humor but kind of the backhanded humor i mean who wouldn't want to be on a marvel movie or a James Bond movie. I would love to play lead in an action film. That's for sure. That'd be sweet. Try and get on Batwoman with Jesse and be like his agent pal. 
Yeah, I don't think his character has many pals. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always time for him to make friends. Why not? Right? That's I think. I think you're right. Or I could just walk up and punch him in the mouth or something on the show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, you could be a villain that he brings down. I don't know. That woman looks like a really good show to be on. It looked really fun. The stunts are fantastic. Yeah, I enjoy it. Part of the bread and butter of this website is reviewing shows like that. So I love watching it. And yeah, I've been enjoying season two, especially. I think it's really stepped up its game from season one in, in a lot of ways. Right? Not yeah. that season one was bad, but season two is yeah. quite a bit better, actually. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I think CW uh, has really stepped into a new a new area with that woman. It's really cool. You know, and all it took was losing their lead just to pick it up from there and take things forward. Yep. <laughs> Less said about that, the better, maybe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the last question I always ask people, it's just a bit of a fun question for a nerdy podcast. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, man. Come on. I have to pick one? Yeah, just one. You know what? I'll just go with my first thought. There's so many because who doesn't want to be Wolverine? I have to be able to fly like Superman because then I could just go wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted. I could travel. I don't know. I think that would be super fun just to be able to see the world and not be limited by restrictions. <laughs> COVID restrictions. I don't know. It'd just be fun to fly and uh, flying for sure, I think. Yeah. You need a warm coat if you're flying. Yeah, I was going to say, I probably yeah. need a warm coat and some kind of goggles. And... Or maybe if you had that power, your body would adapt to being up that high because yeah, you can fly. I don't know. Now we're talking. That's a good one. It's a popular one. Everyone likes to fly around. For me, it's speed. I would want to be able to do things quickly. Yeah, get places quickly, write quickly, whatever. Just <laughs> extend my free time by letting my brain work overdrive. You know what? That's a fair one, too, because if you run fast enough, like the Flash, you can run across the water. You don't have to fly over it. If you've seen the TV show Boys, that could turn out really badly. It could. Yeah, I'd have to watch <laughs> where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> don't run into people. <laughs> it could be dangerous. I don't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> no. No, you don't. Thank you very much for your time. Good luck with the film when it comes out, which is in a couple of weeks at time of recording. I don't know exactly when this will release, but it's a couple of weeks from now. It's called Doomsday Mom, the Lori Vallow story, and it premieres Saturday, June 26th on Lifetime at 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central. It sounds like a really good story, and it sounds like a really interesting project, and I hope I'll get the chance to see it. Being in the UK, it might be a bit more difficult, but if I can, then I will. Sony, I think, is distributing it, so I'm sure they'll figure something out. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get my hands on it somehow. But yeah, thanks very much for your time. I hope you and Jesse get a bunch of stuff picked up out of your various projects. I hope you get on that show that you can't talk about that you really want to be on, all that stuff. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you and thanks for giving me your time to talk about yourself and projects and music and everything. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you. That was my chat with Don McLeod. I wish him all the best with his future projects. And if you enjoyed what you heard here, then please don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any major podcasting app. Apple users, please leave us a star rating and a comment. If you want to discuss this interview or anything else, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Neil Before Blog, or leave a comment on neilbeforeblog.co.uk. As always, I hope you'll join us next time on Neil Before Pod.